COVID relief package, legislative priorities, and false hope for Christmas from the governor. I'm State Representative Clint Alwitt, and thank you for joining us for another edition of Conversations with Clint. Today, I'm joined by Congressman Fred Keller of the 12th Congressional District. Thank you so much for joining us, Congressman. Uh, Congressman Keller, he was reelected after filling out former Congressman Marino's term last session, and he uh, also served in the Pennsylvania House uh, prior to that, a businessman prior to that, all-around good guy, no stranger to legislative work and making sure that his constituents have a rock solid voice in DC. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us today. Clint, th- thank you, Re- Representative Allette. Sorry, uh, but thank you for having me. Uh, I-, I really appreciate it. Uh, I just want to say just on, on the work that you've done, and I, I got to know you when, when you came in in a special election uh, representing the, the great people of uh, the 68th legislative district, and uh, the work you've done in seeing that the CARES money that came to Pennsylvania, got driven out to our counties, and that you were able to balance the budget. I think a lot of that was your leadership. So I wanted to thank you for for the work you've done. I've been able to use that as an example of of how we should do things in DC uh, on budgeting and and help to the states and local governments. So I just wanted to thank you for your leadership. Well, thank you. And you're right. I mean, that, that initial COVID package was much needed. And how we drove that out to the, the, the Commonwealth was so important. And we had to do it in a way that I felt like hit all four corners and everywhere in between uh, to make sure that, that nobody got missed. And that was, uh, that was a, a big priority of ours. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about priorities going into the next session. Um, and, and I just want to remind folks, you know, maybe uh, one, probably one of the priorities we'll talk about is broadband. So if you are watching this and it seems a little pixelated, I am the only one on my broadband service. So this is as good as it's going to get. I'm a legislator in rural North Central Pennsylvania. So we're doing the best we can and uh, hopefully it doesn't distract you. But thank you uh, for tuning in, folks. And, you know, last week, Congressman, um, the the U.S. House has been really debating another COVID package relief bill, the spending bill, the defense defense authorization bill. Um, As it turns out, like so many times in these spending bills, they end up having a lot of pork. They get dumped on us last minute um, or dumped on you guys. We get kind of a similar version that happens in the the state house. But but these massive bills have a lot of uh, spending in them. Um, And I'm just curious if you can really um, walk us through, the, first of all, the process of which last week took place, and, and secondly, some of your thoughts around that initial vote uh, last week on the spending bill and the COVID relief package. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate the ability to put some of this in context. Uh, one thing that we need to keep in mind is we've been ready to go on COVID relief for working families and small businesses for months. Uh, Steve Shabbat, uh, Republican member, actually had a bill with a discharge resolution uh, uh, to be able to, uh, or discharge petition, excuse me, discharge petition, able to put the bill uh, up for a vote and the speaker never brought it up, which would have delivered relief 
to our small businesses back in August. And we've been pushing for that. But and the speaker finally admitted that she she didn't do that on account of waiting to, to see who the next president would be, which to me is is wrong in in helping American America's working families and small businesses. But, you know, fast forward to when something finally gets passed. Uh, it wasn't only a covid relief bill, but it was put together and we do things a little differently than what what you do in Harrisburg. You have the single subject, except when it comes to the budget. But we put funding the government together with COVID relief this time. And the COVID relief, I mean, this bill was almost a trillion dollars. Now, to put that into perspective, that, that's almost, it's about 25% or almost 25% of the annual operating budget for the United States government. In, I think, in, in you one know, I was thinking about, yeah, a trillion dollars, folks, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a thousand billion, right? Like, it's a lot of money. Like, it's much easier just to say a trillion dollars, but a thousand billion is a lot, right? Well, if I can put it in perspective, and I didn't support the bill because it had a lot of things for the same reasons I think the president, uh, you know, lined out right after it passed. Um, you know, there, there's money going to foreign governments. Uh, for, for things that, that we should not be funding, quite frankly. Um, and, and we need to take care of people here at home. And, and looking at what the bill did, now I did advocate to get things in this bill because there are, there are things in it that are important to our small businesses, the Paycheck Protection Program, putting more money into that, the tax deductibility of the Paycheck Protection Program, money for our farmers, uh, the, the Coronavirus uh, Farmers Assistance Program, CFAP. Uh, we put some, some money into that to help our, our farmers with with losses due to COVID-19. So, so there are good parts of the bill, but when you look at all the other stuff that was put into it and keeping it into perspective, I know the speaker originally said, well, when the Republicans come with $2 trillion, the thing she forgets is it's not the Republicans' money, it's not the Democrats' money, it's the taxpayers' money. And, and there's, there's three ways we come up with that money. And this is important. We either, we either get it through tax revenue and with shutdowns, we're not getting a lot of tax revenue. And, and, and Clint, you're probably seeing that in, in the Commonwealth because you get the reports on, on, on the revenue collections every month um, for, for, for the state. Um, so we're not seeing the tax revenues. So we either borrow it or we print it. And that really puts uh, uh, our kids at a disadvantage because they're gonna end up working to pay it back. And that's why it's important for us to get the economy back open safely so people can get back to work so we can we can start funding the government as we go and not continuing to borrow money that our kids and our grandkids are going to have to repay. That's exactly right. And, you know, the governor or I'm sorry, when you when you're talking about this stuff from the state level, you think governor, you're thinking president, but the president came out, you know, very, you know, much against this initial package ended up last weekend signing it, but really had a lot of concerns over this bill and specifically the overseas money um, started talking a little bit about the $2,000 paycheck or um, cash assistance that was going to be going out, increasing it from 600 to 2000. Um, but in, in hopes that a number of the, a lot of the money would actually come out from the bill that was going over overseas into other projects that really aren't going to help us in the midst of a COVID crisis. So, Talk a little bit about that. You were called back um, on Monday, I believe it was, Monday evening, to, to, to take a vote on that. 
you know, this is something that it's not abnormal for a congressman to kind of land in different spots on this, even within one party. Talk a little bit about how that debate went um, there in in D.C. and what what were some of the conversations around that, and and uh, and did any of the money come out? Well, I, actually, uh, you know, thanks for that, and and I'm just going to say this, Clint, that you have done such a good job of also following and doing the work in Harrisburg, but also paying attention to what's happening in D.C. because that does impact the people, the 68th district of our Commonwealth. Sure so, so, so I appreciate your your diligence and, and your work and your understanding of what's happening. Uh, we were called back down, but uh, what the president called for was to increase the payments to American families and take it from this wasteful spending that he saw. Now, the president eventually signed the bill and he actually made notes where the money could come from to do that. But what the speaker and the Democrats heard was more money for people. And they didn't they didn't pay attention to the other side of the equation, which was get rid of some of the waste that was in the bill to pay for these these additional the additional fourteen hundred dollars, taking the payment from six hundred dollars to two thousand dollars. And so we were we were called down and. And our debate is scheduled, so there's there's like a, an hour or an hour and a half of debate on this, uh, with with the, the people that are advocating uh, to to do this is just saying, oh, how great it is and how we have to do it, but not paying any attention to the other side of the equation of where the money comes from. And to keep this in perspective, going that additional money for the payments is a half a trillion dollars. So, so that, and that's that's why I thought the president was so right in saying, "Hey, look, here's where you get the money from." Uh, the president cares. The president wants to get the relief out there, uh, and uh, and that was part of my vote. Not, I want to make sure that the the money we invest, and I and I like our commissioners in, in Tioga County, uh, and Eric Coolidge always tells me in Tioga County we invest money. We don't just spend it; we invest it, and that's so true. Uh, and I want to make sure that we're doing those kind of things uh, and investing the money in the people here in America and, and uh, our small businesses and the people that make things and make our economy go. And uh, that's that's not what we saw. We saw uh, the Democrats taking advantage of this and only one half of the equation on the spending side and not wanting to, to make any adjustments when it comes to funding things in foreign nations. And if we don't take care of ourselves here at home first, we're not going to be able to help anybody. We're not going to be able to help the American families that need it, the small businesses that need it. So uh, it, it's like anything else. We got we got to make sure that we're taking care of things here in America so that we have a good financial position to be able to take care of the people that need help. It, it, it's like, like it's like the same thing whenever anybody's in trouble anywhere. You get on a plane and what's the when the stewardess is going through the safety procedures, what's the first thing they tell you? When the mask comes put down, your put it on yourself first. first. <laughs> yeah, so that you have, so that you can take care of the other people around you. Uh, it's not selfish. It's not selfish to make sure that we take care of Americans first. So. Well, that's exactly uh, right. I mean, I'm I'm this philanthropic, and I love to help people. I mean, that's that's part of what I. That's probably the most thing that I enjoy about this job is the ability to help people, and and I want to help people as much as anybody, but. You know, when when your own house is burning and you have a problem at home, you need to focus that energy on that and you need to fix that. And that's what, you know, it, it was interesting. I, we posted yesterday um, some uh, 
ability for our local volunteer fire and, and fire companies to be able to apply for grants. And somebody made a comment on, on that and said, you know, isn't it funny that we that we're requiring them to go through this huge application process and then we're also then we're just sending money overseas to to for whatever project. And I thought, you know, that's a really good analogy of what's going on here. You know, there are our fire companies all across the 12th district, 12th congressional district, the 6th district, they're they're struggling. They haven't been able to do fundraisers and here we are making them jump through continued. Now we we were able through CARES money be able to help them out additionally last year, which was a big help. But I just thought that put it into perspective a little bit. Like we have a lot of issues going on here at home that we have to address. We have to help these small businesses. They are struggling. They're hanging on by a shoestring. I know you're hearing from them. I'm hearing from them. But you know, this money that we're providing, it's not free money. I had somebody in a hearing ask, say something about free college. And I'm like, listen, nothing is free in life. The mints on this table right here are not free. They're free if you want to take one, of course. But somebody paid for that. Somebody bought that bag of mints and you can have one, but it was paid for. Nothing is free. So, you know, when people talk about this money into trillion dollars or a half a billion dollars, you know, it's not free, folks. This is this is money that's going to ultimately be paid back by our my kids, your kids, Congressman, your your grandkids are going these that they're going to have to pay for this money. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you make a great point. And that, that, that's that's what I've been advocating for and other members of Congress have been advocating for. Help help the people here in America, help the people that need the need the help. Let, let, let's get everybody back to work uh, doing what they do best safely. It can be done. And uh, let, let's let's beat this pandemic. But but the point is, and your points so so very well stated, the money needs to be spent here at home. And we need to make sure we take care of our, our, our fire companies, our police, uh, our military. Uh, you know, I, vo I voted uh, to support the National Defense Authorization Act because the the, the previous the, the bill that I voted against, okay, sent money to other countries for security for other items. So you know what we need to do first? We need to make sure first our military is paid adequately. Our military has the tools and resources they need to do their job, and we take care of our veterans. And th and that's what that, that's why I, why I support uh, the Defense Authorization Act. Uh, so important that we do these things. And you know, you talk about the free money. I always use the, the the analogy: it's at no cost to the recipient. It's not free. It's at no cost to the to the person receiving the benefit. When, when they're talking about. Uh, uh, because somebody's paying for it. My, my dad taught me a lot of years ago. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody's paying the bill. But when you look at this, and this is why I pay attention to finances. I always did in Harrisburg. I, I did in private industry. I did in, in, in Harrisburg, and I continue to do that. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office in 2019 put out a report that if we did nothing differently, we would spend more on debt service, which means the interest on our debt, than we spend on defense by the year 2025. Since then, and we had to we had to borrow the money last spring for the coronavirus. Okay, I supported that. It went out to, to, to families and everything else. We're at a different time where we need to start looking at things and saying, okay, let's not be spending this money over in foreign nations, but let's let, let's cut that, cut that out and let's start making sure the money that we invest, our kids, our grandkids' money, it, it, it is done wisely and done here at home. And I, that, to me, is the important part of the policy that we look at going forward. So, 
And if we don't do that, we're not going to be able to help them in the future. Like, Absolutely. And, that's, and I'm, I, I want to be able to help other countries that are hurting as well, you know, but we are not going to be able to do that if we are not healthy here at home. And that's what, um, that was what I, I'm hearing from constituents is some of, some of their biggest frustrations with the package and how this all came about. But um, I want to switch gears here really quick and talk. I, I don't know if you saw this. Um, where last week the governor put out um, the initial initiate of a transfer of $145 million from the Workmen's Compensation Security Fund. This was what we're calling spreading false hope for Christmas. It was a couple days for Christmas before Christmas. I don't know exactly know what he means by a initiation of a transfer. Um, you served on the Appropriations Committee, the House and the Senate. We we control the purse strings. We are the ones that transfer these, this money. But I had a, you know, one thing that I had a uh, call uh, and a correspondence with a, with a small business owner, you know, Christmas Eve saying, hey, Clint, I heard what the governor said. When is this money going to be available? Meaning, meaning that the way that this was all done, and I'm okay with the governor making suggestions and making, you know, having a conversation about how we can help our small businesses. I think he's starting to feel the pressure, which is probably a good thing because our small businesses are really hurting. And I think he's been kind of out of reality a little bit and out of touch with what's going on. But, you know, we're getting calls now and the way this was painted was very political. And it was in a way that like, hey, look at what I'm doing. I want to help you. But the legislature can't, we're not even in session till mid-January, you know, so the January 5th when we're sworn in and then we have reorganization. You know, this this is a big problem in our, we talked a little bit about it, but what are you hearing from small businesses across the com, the Commonwealth and specifically the 12th Congressional District? You know, how, how are things going? What would be helpful for them right now? Well, w one thing that would be helpful would be if, if the governor would not have this one size fits all uh, mandates that, that, that close their businesses. Uh, and if the governor would have the, the same faith in Pennsylvanians that run the businesses and uh, uh, as, as he does in the large retailers that are not headquartered here in the Commonwealth. Um, he, he lets those open and, and you can go down, I can go down and I can see them open. I have the confidence in our small business owners that they can do it right. And I think the governor needs to get that same confidence. Uh, you mentioned about his message, you, you know, of, of the transfer of funds. Um, that to me, I think, was, is something that he did to, to, to try and, and shift the discussion away from what he's done that has negatively impacted our businesses. And, and the point is, he needs to start working with other elected officials, uh, the General Assembly, uh, the county commissioners who know the counties, who know the, the lay of the land, and, and know how to get it done right. So. Uh, the governor's done these things in the past uh, where he, he makes these statements and then, then you guys have to go and clean it up and do the work, actually. Um, and, and we need to get past that. We need to get to the point where, uh, it, you know, he's working with with you guys who who have shown and, and you've shown the leadership of how you balance the budget, how you get things done uh, with, the, with, with the money you're entrusted to in Harrisburg. Um, and, you know, we are hearing businesses want to get back to work. Uh, they they can do it. They want the same opportunities that the large retailers have. And uh, we've done everything we can. We heard a lot about the, the paycheck protection and some of the and actually the legislation we passed and I advocated for this, although I voted no, there are parts I did advocate and push to get into it uh, because uh, our small businesses need it. And one of them is the deductibility of the expenses on, on the paycheck protection. 
that is in there. That That is a good part of it because it gives our businesses uh, the ability not to have to pick that up as income uh, and, and, and helps them out. So uh, th- they really want to get back to what they do best. And that is uh, making things, helping their community. Our small businesses help our communities uh, all throughout the year. And you look at it and you, you, you see it, uh, whether it's the small businesses on Main Street, whether it's the, uh, the, the businesses that uh, operate uh, between counties, uh, e- even our, our energy industry has done a lot of things. Capital Oil and Gas over in Susquehanna County, they operate out of one county and they've done a lot to, to, over the holidays in, in food banks and other areas uh, you know, to help out. And, and that's what we see happening. And I just think our governor needs to have that same confidence and see that uh, the good work that our small businesses do and treat them, treat them fairly and let them let them go about conducting business the same way he does the, the large retailers. You know, it, and if there's any silver lining to what he put out there a couple of days before Christmas, with I really do think he's starting to to realize what's going on and that and that these these employers are laying off folks right at Christmas time to a failed unemployment system that that is going to be you know a huge weight for them and and folks these small businesses are the fabric of our community now we're not taken away from the reality of of what COVID is and how it is hurting and and really impacting a ton of people in a really hard way nobody's minimizing that but our small businesses also are a huge part of our communities we need them to be healthy we need them to be um, generating revenue and and interest within a community they're the ones that are going to be sponsoring our little league teams in the spring, and we need them to be in existence. They're the ones that are that are out there supporting our our, our communities in a huge way. So I think it was good that he started to realize that. I think the process of which it was communicated was discouraging because it wasn't based in reality, um, and it really did send send some false hope. But talking about priorities, you know, our small businesses and supporting them is going to be and really getting getting through COVID here, there will be a day when this is over. It's not right now, but there will be a day and we will need to be re- returning back to, to business as normal as a community. And Congressman, talk a little bit about um, some priorities that you see that are going to be very, very important for the 12th Congressional District, of which the 68th District is in your district. So so even talking about my district, you know, what what are some of the priorities that you see moving in through 2021 here that that are on your radar? Okay, if I can just jump back to the small businesses, because oh, definitely, definitely. This is a conversation, folks. Uh, (laughs) We can do whatever we want. (laughs) But over 70 percent of the the companies operating in Pennsylvania are not C or not C corporations. They're subchapter S, they're sole proprietorships. That's the importance of a healthy environment for our small businesses. And that's that, that's why, and, and there's a lot of people that put a lot of work into it. Having been a small business owner, when you work your lifetime and you mortgage your house and you do all these things, you, 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 need, a, you need a fair shot. And, and, and that's, that's really what I think the governor's, I, I, I hope he's starting to realize and, and, and we'll do that. Um, but that, that to me is the importance. And are these small businesses pay property tax and everything else that support our schools and our local communities? We need to make sure they survive and we need to, we need to help them out. Uh, priorities going forward, uh, of course, infrastructure. And when I talk about infrastructure, I not, not only talk about roads and bridges, the stuff you see, it's the stuff you don't see too. I know we've got the I-99 corridor. Uh, we, need, we need to work on that stuff. 
but we also need, as you uh, pointed out when we started, broadband internet access is, is, is a big priority, something that we need to make sure we build out. Um, there's some of that uh, included in this legislation, but we need, we need to go farther uh, and we need to make it a priority. And I, I've used this analogy in the past, sort of like was done with the Eisenhower interstate system. Uh, you know, a, a, a really a, 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 an effort, not just not just something that's in, in multiple different agencies, but a, a, a real a bill that really does that and, and, and takes that kind of approach. Because we look at this for uh, information for businesses, for healthcare, for education needs to happen. We need to get that done. That's a big priority. Also, continue with the energy development, which is which is huge in PA 12. It, it adds a lot to our economy. Uh, locally, to the state, to, to nationally, uh, good paying jobs. It also is, uh, lowers the cost of energy for working families. So that helps, that helps people uh, that, are, that are getting up and going to work every day. So low cost energy and also national security implications that it has so that we don't have to transfer money to nations who do not share our values. So uh, energy development, and, and that means natural gas pipelines quite frankly, and that's something that needs to get done so that we can use the abundant resource we have right here in, in America, in Pennsylvania, uh, to other parts of uh, other parts of the country, specifically New England. And I, I know I've, I've mentioned this before, but a few years ago we had the polar vortex and up in New England, they were bringing ru in Russian natural gas. That kind of stuff needs to stop. We need to support our own energy needs, and we also need to support those of our allies so that they're not transferring wealth to nations that don't share our values. Uh, so it, th those are some, some big things we need to look at. Uh, we also need to look at, and there were some things in surprise billing, which I think are, was, was huge to take care of. Uh, so we need to uh, address the, the issues with surprise billing, uh, some of the, the prescription uh, drug pricing things. Those are things that we need to do to, to lower the cost of health care. Uh, but that is done through transparency, that is done through competition, and I think we can get those things done if we continue to work down those paths. Well, we've got a lot of work to do. You know, one thing that we're working on as well um, is workforce development. We know that's going to be, uh, you know, getting our kids ready for the jobs of the future. Um, that's a big thing at the state level that I'm going to be working on. Um, I feel like it, it was a big deal prior to COVID. It's going to be an even bigger deal after COVID. Um, so we have a lot of work to do, folks. And I just want you to know that Congressman Keller, myself, and a lot of other really great representatives and, and congressmen and women are, 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 are working incredibly hard to make sure that you have a solid voice and that we're that we're taking on the issues. When you talk about pipelines, you know, I'm right next to New York State. We can't get a pipeline into New York State to save our lives. And, and it would make a huge difference for New York State. I mean, we ha I get it, okay, they don't want to drill and that's fine. But if you if we have the resources and a pipeline, you know, a few miles from the border, we could get that up there and we could sell some, some natural gas to them, it would be a game changer, not only for them, but it would be for us. And that's something that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a project and it would be a, a, a big deal to get done, but you're right. The pipeline stuff and getting this, this gas, this resource that we have to market is so, so important. But thank you so much, Congressman, for joining us today. I know you're super busy and you have a very crazy schedule, but thank you for say, taking some of your time and thank you for the good work that you're doing in PA 12. Um, you certainly are making sure that 
that we have a solid voice in DC. And I think folks, that is a very big deal. You know, we have an aggressive congressman here in our district. Please reach out to him and his office. They are there to help you. They are there to make sure that your voice is known and heard loud and clear in DC. So Congressman, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I just want to say like, again, thanks for, for, for the help. Um, you've been a great resource. You've been great to work with when I was in Harrisburg and now uh, working the federal and state issues together, workforce development. I'm on education and labor committee. Uh, those energy companies also invest in, in, in our technical Susquehanna Career and Technology Center, Lackawanna College. They, a lot of things, there's a lot of ways to success. And, and when we look at workforce development, uh, we, we really need to be, build on that. And I, I look forward to working with you on that. Any way we can be helpful, we want to. Keller.house.gov uh, is our website. If you go there, you can contact any one of the three district offices. Um, you know, we have a, a, a great district director in, in Ann Kaufman. She, she does a great job making sure uh, that uh, constituents uh, needs get met. Uh, it's a it's a great team effort between uh, Representative Allett's office, our office, but we're here to serve the people of PA 12. And that's that's really the great people of uh, the 68th legislative district too. Uh, just really appreciate the opportunity. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas and wish you all the best for a happy new year and look forward to working for you and, and accomplishing these important goals. Thank you so much, Congressman. We hope you also had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And folks, that is it for today's conversation with Clint. I'm State Representative Clint Howell asking you to never underestimate the power of a conversation and how it can change your community, your commonwealth, and your country. Happy New Year, everybody.